Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Brian Caldwell, the athletic director for the Gulfport School District, and uh, wish the, the Gulfport football team well. And uh, I enjoyed talking to Brian because he's such an observer of sports in general. So he's got a wide variety of observations that he makes across all, all different levels, in this, this case today, football. But it even goes beyond that. So we'll look forward to having him back on real soon. And I'm glad that we got a chance to do a little bit of carryover between the two shows because Jeff was able to join us while we still have Brian on. But without any further ado, let's bring our friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune back into the conversation. And just first of all, just say good morning. How are you doing? Ricky, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I buy week this week, so uh, excited to kind of decompress a little bit. I've learned over the years covering the NFL, when you get the bye week, you really have to take advantage of it. Uh, as a journalist, you have to kind of get away. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be over in the in the Gulf Coast. So I'll be over in the nice. St. Louis, Pash Christian area. Just getting over there, going to do a little reading. Really looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, you should know. Next Tuesday, I have our friend Mark Schlesting going to be on, and we're going to talk about the levee system and other challenges uh, environmentally, and particularly as it relates to you know losing coastline, et cetera. A large number of topics we're going to talk about, but I mean, there is not a more um, I don't know, knowledgeable person in media in the United States as it relates to the challenges facing New Orleans in this arena, is there? No, he's an authority on that, and. Uh... What a great guest. I can't wait to listen to it because uh, uh, Schleffi is uh, one of the people I admire the most in our business. I mean, he's been responsible for educating, I think, all of us in the Gulf Coast on the you know, coastal environmental issues and understanding the hurricane protection uh, programs that have been put in. I mean, it's just it's critical to have. To, he's, a, he's a must read for anyone that lives along the coast. Yes, he is. And I'm looking forward to uh, having him here. When I was over in New Orleans, I really enjoyed, well, I'd say enjoy is not really the right word. I mean, it was important to me to to understand what it meant after Hurricane Katrina, the investments that were made, where some of the vulnerabilities might still be, um, how potentially some of those changes affected places like Purlington, Mississippi, and maybe Hancock County. And, you know, with, with every with every move, there could be a, a domino effect of other moves that affect uh, other areas. And so Mark is so on top of that. So look, I, the gosh, there's so many places to go. I, I want to bring people's attention to something that you did. You wrote a review uh, a film review. You do this each week, but this particular film review this week was important because you you're it's such a dynamic moment in the Saints' history as they try to understand sort of what their pace is going to be, how they're going to use Jameis, what the roles of other players are going to be. They've had all these injuries, but your film review was excellent. If people miss that, they can either go to NOLA.com uh, and see that, or they can go. Uh, the quickest way to get there actually is to go to the Coast View Facebook page. And uh, I posted your story there. People can go there and take a look at it. But your review was incredible. And we'll get there in just a second. But, man, that brutal hit on Taysom Hill. How is he doing? And let's kind of take a look at the other injury situations as it relates to the Saints. 
Well, the, the bye week comes at a good time for Taysom Hill because, uh, you know, he took a vicious blow. Uh, it was a bad concussion he, he took, and he did fly back with the team, which is good news. A lot of times players will have to stay in the hospital after a hit like that. Uh, but it's going to take him a while. He's going to be in concussion protocols. Uh, I don't know if he'll, it's too early to say if he'll get through it to be able to practice next week or not. But um, he's a key, key part of their offense. Uh, the good news, I guess, would be at least they will know if they're going to have him or not, and they can uh, produce the game plan with a different short yardage package. But I talked to Sean Payton about that this week, and he said, look, when he went out and we lost Deontay Harris, who's another key player in their offense, uh, they had to adjust on the fly, and they did an incredible job, I thought, of kind of manufacturing some drives without those two key pieces. Well, Deontay Harris, I mean, look, he he was having a – an absolute banner day, and then suddenly he just disappeared off the sideline with what is a, a hamstring injury, I guess, huh? Yeah, and those are finicky. Uh, and, and he look, he's had injury issues in the past. I mean, so uh, they, they, I would not expect him back anytime soon with those hamstring injuries. Uh, we've seen how long uh, Traquan Smith had been out with his. So just another key weapon that the same, but the Saints should be getting back some weapons here soon, including Mike Thomas. So that'll kind of soften the blow a little bit. It will definitely soften the blow. Okay, so let's get to the top of the chart here, Jameis Winston. I wondered if that exchange that happened between Sean Payton and Jameis Winston on the sideline that the national TV audience got to watch was an indication of something. I want to read too much into that. I want to read that there's a lack of confidence or that Jameis missed a read and that you know he's you know coaches repeatedly said don't miss that. You're saying don't read too much into that. What's your what's your read on where Jameis Winston is and what the relationship with the coach is? Well, Sean Payton comes from the Bill Parcells School of Coaching, and Bill Parcells was harder on quarterbacks than any other position. Uh, they're going to coach the quarterback hard, and you can see that during games that Sean Payton is coaching Jameis Winston hard, and Jameis Winston's responding. I think it's a very healthy relationship. Uh, I've been very impressed with how Jameis Winston's handled all this. I think his maturity, uh, his professionalism, he understands. He's playing for one of the greatest offensive coaches in the history of the game. It's a great opportunity to learn and become a better quarterback. So he's just eating it up, like uh, soaking up like a sponge. And uh, I think the maturity we're seeing in him is something that he didn't have early in his career. And look, I don't think he's a finished product at all. And I don't even know, know or think the Saints know if he's the long-term solution at quarterback or not. I think it's still a work in progress. Uh, but I think he's he's playing well enough right now at the quarterback position with this Saints football team for them to be successful. And you said that all along, that um, what you need is somebody who can manage a game, who can make a, a, a big play from time to time, who doesn't create turnovers. And I think, why, again, I mentioned it a second ago, but one of the things that really mattered in what you wrote about the game review was that I did not know that he had his, his foot stepped on on that interception because it's not like him to throw wounded ducks like that. So I didn't even consider the fact that maybe something had happened that, that created that that uh, kind of misfire. But it was important what happened, and it was really important what he did about it. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, afterward, he was in, in the press conference, he was asked about uh, that interception, and he basically took all the accountability and blame himself. He said, I've got to throw a better ball. I've got to find a way. 
And what he's saying a little bit, read between the lines, is I think he's saying, I've got to have a little bit better pocket awareness, too. Uh, you know, everybody wants to focus on Andres Pete, who got bull rushed by Jonathan Allen, a, a great player, got bull rushed back into Jameis Winston's face as he strided to make the pass and it got his, and, and Pete's back foot stepped on Jameis Winston's front foot and it caused the ball to uh, be underthrown and it was an easy interception for Washington. Uh, but Jameis Winston never mentioned that in the post-game press conference. Instead, he pointed the finger at himself uh, and I think that's very admirable. It's, it's, it's a sign of a strong leader, a secure leader, and someone that uh, is not going to throw his teammate under the bus. Uh, to me, that's something Drew Brees did all the time, and, and I really I thought it was refreshing to see Jameis Winston do that. Well, the running game, you can see, man, we're just pushing hard on that. And the, and the Jones Jr. injury just meant that our horses have to run harder. So talk a little bit about how we're really depending on the, on the running game. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you put the ball in the hands of your best player, and that's Alvin Kamara. I mean, we saw that this past week. They got him the ball in the passing game. Uh, he was able to score a touchdown receiving and one running, and I think they're going to keep leaning on that thoroughbred all year long. I mean, he's he's an incredible talent, and they had to pick up Devine Azigbo, a player that they had a few years ago on the roster, and he ended up signing away the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's now going to be the backup running back. He got a few snaps the other day. Uh, Dwayne Washington went out in the game the other day, too. Uh, he's another running back that they have on the roster. So they're, they're a little thin right now with healthy running backs. And um, so that's why we see the workload that Alvin Kamara has. There were a lot of headlines for that game. One of them was Marshawn Lattimore. He was a shutdown corner for sure. You can talk about why that was significant, but he got the NFC defense, defensive player of the week. But what he did was incredible, really, wasn't it? Yeah, he took uh, – Terry McLaurin, their their star receiver, basically out of the game. I mean, McLaurin had a few catches. I think he had four catches for 46 yards. But when when Lattimore was on him, for the most part, he shut him down and limited him. And and I would say, just to be in all fairness, uh, Taylor Henneke, who I like as a quarterback, but he's he's a backup quarterback in this league. Uh, he can make some things happen with this kind of schoolyard ball. But he also had some guys open that he missed. And, uh, you know, against a really good quarterback, that's the Saints aren't going to have that luxury. They're going to have to tighten up their coverage because uh, uh, there was guys open that he missed. And that's why he's a backup quarterback in this league. But I thought Lattimore played as well as I've seen any cornerback play in a long time. Six pass breakups in one game. That's unheard of. That's a career high for him. And it's probably the highest I've heard of in my entire career covering the Saints. Yeah, he's playing. He is literally playing shutdown corner. Uh, I want to talk about Blake Gilligan, but I don't want to do that before because we're coming to the end of the break right now. So why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and go to the break, and then we'll come back and talk about so, it's sort of an interesting side story about how uh, Saints administration saw this kid was going to be special, and we saw why last week. And I'm frankly blown away that he didn't get the uh, special team player of the week but we'll talk about that as well but anyway when we come back we'll continue our conversation with jeff duncan from nola.com and the times picayune you can also listen live to super talk mississippi gulf coast 103.1 on your amazon alexa devices once you've enabled the skill just say alexa open super talk mississippi gulf coast this is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
back on Coast View with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And before we go to this like really unique talent we have in the punter Blake Gillikin, I want to I want to take a step back for a second and just just talk in general about Jeff. You must be having a lot of side conversations with P observers with the team and coaches and players and because see while the rest of us are going man I don't I don't I don't not like this style of play or it's boring or they're uh, I don't know what we're looking at yet I'm I'm again we're spoiled but the conversations you're having with people are leading you to believe that this Saints team may still be a very good team down the stretch talk a little bit about why you feel that way well, mainly because of what Brian and I talked about. I mean, all these players coming back, uh, they're just kind of scratching the surface of their potential with this team. Uh, they got a lot of talent. It's not on the roster right now because of injuries and suspensions. Uh, and I think, look, I think they would have beaten the Giants if they'd had kicker Will Lutz. I, I think, I think Sean Payton's, uh, you know, just head was messed up. He didn't have confidence in Aldrich Roses, and he ended up making some. Uh, fourth down decisions. I think if he's got Will Lutz out there, he kicks those field goals and, and never game never gets to overtime. So that's one they let get away, but I think they're going to go on a roll here. I, I, I mean, look, they're catching Seattle at a great time. Seattle, they have to go on the road. That's always a very difficult place to play with the noise. The 12th man they have there is, is, is rivals the Superdome, but they're playing without Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson's not going to be a quarterback, and that's a perfect time to play them. Certainly a huge advantage for the Saints. I think that's a very winnable game, and when the season started, I thought that might be one that the Saints would lose. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons to see that, that this team – and here's the other thing, Ricky. I mean, that, after that game, the Saints will have played five of their first six games on the road. They will only have one game in the Superdome, so they're going to have a, a backloaded home schedule, and getting those home games I think will be critical. Okay, so let's come back to Blake Gillikin. Tell us the interesting backstory on him. Well, it's funny because uh, it, was, it was a year ago in training camp, and we were watching uh, a practice, and Mickey Loomis came over to our group, and we were all talking to him. And one of the things he said is, we've got a good group of undrafted free agents this year. And uh, he was kidding us, saying, don't you all write too much about them because we don't want our competitors to read how much we like some of these young players. And he was kidding us. Uh, and, and he said, because we don't want to lose them to other teams that could sign them to their active rosters. And I said, oh, you mean someone like Blake Gilligan, who was at the time just an anonymous punter from Penn State. And the Saints already had Thomas Morstead, of course, the veteran standout punter. So I just assumed that Blake Gilligan was just a camp body, to be honest with you. I, I had no idea that he was a guy that they coveted. But Mickey shot back very quickly and said, no, yes, don't write about Blake Gilligan because they really coveted him as a long-term answer at punter. And we see exactly why this year. I mean, that game he had Sunday, uh, they don't win that game without him. Uh, it, he was critical in setting up, uh, flipping the field, uh, creating field position advantages for the Saints. The, the, the Hail Mary before halftime doesn't happen without that coffin corner kick to the one-yard line. And that set in motion the sequence of events that led to the Hail Mary. Well, you said you said this. You said you, at the beginning of the season, before the season even started, you said he's an impress. He has an impressive leg. The guy can boom the kick. I mean, he's you know we're used to Morstead. This guy's up there with that and booming. The question will be, can he do the finesse? And boy, you know, if maybe Sunday was a freak, 
but man, could he do finesse? I mean, it's I mean, so one of one of those was a long a long punt, and it went out of bounds at the one yard line. I mean, you don't get any better than that. No, and I tell you, Sean Payton's always believed, and it's something for you to watch in the future. You know, a lot of times people just take their eyes off the game when the punt happens, but just watch. I mean, they the Saints' directional kick more than just about any team in the league. Sean Payton's always believed he wants the punt returner to have to really make a difficult catch every time. So he asked his punters to punt outside the hash marks. Almost, they never punt it in the middle of the field. You watch, they're always trying to make them go to the one side or the other. And that's hard to do. That means you have to control the ball almost like a golf shot. And on uh, that instant, he, he put the ball exactly where you need, where he had to make the, the kick return and make a tough decision. Do I catch it down at the five or do I let it go and hopefully it goes in the end zone? Uh, just incredible punts. And like I said, I mean, it, it flipped the field, put Washington back on its heels. They had to be very conservative. The Saints could get really aggressive. Okay, so uh, two games ago, the defensive backs had a kind of a tough game. And um, last week it was better. What's your read? You still think that they this is going to be a strength of the team? Or are you a little less confidence in the defensive backs than you were, say, three games ago? Well, they're, they're not getting the normally consistent – playmaking from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's he's not playing as well as he did a year ago. That's a little bit of a concern for me. And Bradley Roby hasn't stepped up yet, the corner they traded for uh, from Houston. But the rookie, they really like Paulson Adebo, and we talked about Lattimore. And I think Marcus Williams is playing extremely well at, at safety. So I think it's a strength. They've got to get back David Onyemata and Marcus Davenport to, to increase their pass rush. They're second to last in the entire league in sacks right now. That's a weakness that I'm concerned about. We have to we have to get that. And defensive line with those guys is a strength for this team. It will be interesting to see how much of a game changer they really are. Anyway, we're coming to the end of our time together. As usual, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Union. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Ricky. Thank, thank you, buddy. Take care. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.